guys, welcome back to Women for Women Wednesday on My Opinion. I'm really excited to be back again. And today I am talking to the wonderful Julie Mann. Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Maya, for having me. It's really good to be on the show. I am so excited to have you here. So I actually recently met Julie through networking, one of my favorite things to do. And Julie is from across the pond. And Julie, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I like your background is so fascinating to me. So tell us a little bit about your story, where you've come from in life. You're an actress. I mean, there's so much to you. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so um, I was born in Devon. So if any of you have ever been to the UK, it's the very furthest kind of, um, it's the sort of south southwest of the UK. And, um, and I grew up there and then I moved to Cornwall, which is the very tip, kind of the end of the, <laughs> the British Isles. And, um, you know, it was a very small place that I lived in. You know, I was very, very naive. And um, I kind of really, took to acting and I think I, I started doing that because I, I seem to have a natural ability to mimic and, um, and use my imagination and also because at that time I was really quite a good girl you know in inverted commas I really wanted to you know please my dad and um, do all the right things but to be honest with you I never quite felt like I was quite enough. My dad was, um, although I, I obviously get now that he totally loved me, at the time he, I don't know, he seemed to either be in a good mood or in a really bad mood and, um, you know, I constantly was kind of um, hoping he'd be in a good mood and he never actually came to see me in any of the performances I did, but nevertheless, as a young girl, I was starring in all sorts of um, amateur dramatic shows. I was playing the leads in the shows and I absolutely loved it. And when, um, when I was in my teenage years, my um, the, the producer at the time said to me, he thought that I should pursue a career in acting. And I didn't have any self-confidence, despite the fact that, you know, clearly I was, I was doing quite a good job at what I was doing. And uh, I, I thought, well, OK, I'll apply because I really didn't want to spend life living down in Cornwall and... Um, pursuing the career of a secretary which is what my parents wanted me to do mm -hmm. so I applied to go to drama college in Wales and um and I got in which was a big surprise to me so I went off to drama college which was the first time I'd been away from home which is a really really big deal at the time this was about well this is over 40 years ago and um I spent two years performing and then I I left drama college and I was out in the big wide world and I'd been very kind of cosseted in that in that drama school and I thought it was going to be amazing when I left. But of course, you know, there's a lot of competition and um, a lot of people are going for the same jobs. And so I just found myself really comparing myself to other people. So even though I was getting work, you know, as an actor, it's it's kind of, um, you know, it can be a bit feast or famine. So when I wasn't working, I was waitressing, or I was working in a bar and, um, you know, I was constantly hoping for my big break. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't realize the power of networking. You know, I was quite sort of shy. I think people have an impression that actors are quite, um, quite confident people. Mostly, we're not. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, what we want to do is play someone else, because perhaps we're not so enamored with the person that we think we are. Wow. So um, I spent really most of my life, you know, being someone else, getting paid to be someone else. 
And when, um, when I got to the age where I wanted to have a family, I no longer wanted to be traveling around and, and living that kind of theater life, which was really not the kind of life for someone who wants to have a family, really. Mm -hmm. um, I decided I'd carry on acting, but I, I choose to focus on improvisation instead in that way, instead of, you know, being at the National Theatre, which I was at and touring and I did the telly bit of film, uh, BBC Radio, working closer to home and doing improvisation. So basically making it up on the spot it really suited me because I could come back home and I could be with my daughter. Then um, I thought it'd be really a good idea to have another source of income too. So I trained as a hypnotherapist and then I discovered life coaching and then I discovered EFT, which is a very simple tapping technique. Mm -hmm. And so I would see clients from home as well. And um, so I was balancing all of those three things. And then probably after 15 years of marriage, my, my husband suddenly asked for a divorce, which was totally unexpected. And I was reaching 60, I'm nearly 63 now, and I thought, what on earth am I going to do? I don't want to stop doing what I do because I'm good at it. And also, I really enjoy it. But actually, without a pension at this age, I'm going to need something else. And, and that's when I became a network marketer, which is not something I thought I'd do, Maya. But actually, what I realized was it would fit around everything else I was doing. So mm -hmm. now I act. I you know also do my coaching in EFT. And I also build a business in the network marketing industry as well. I know. I love it. Your background is so versatile and I think that's great. And I think you're such a great example of the fact that we don't have to just do one thing. You know, we can have several passions and we can get paid for them, which is great. <laughs> and I love that. And, you know, one thing I want to get into all of that too, Julie, but what would you give, like, what would your advice be to a young lady going out into the world of acting, because this was such a huge part of your career. And I, I think you brought up really some, some really great points. Um, but what really like stuck with me was the fact that, you know, actors aren't these outgoing people. They want to play somebody else because they're not really sure of themselves. And, you know, I've read about that before, but to hear it from an actress herself, I think, is really powerful. So what advice would you give to someone getting into acting or aspiring to be an actor or actress? I think the important thing is, whether you're an actor or you're doing something else, is to be yourself. So, you know, it, it, a lot of acting can all be about the ego, mm -hmm. um, you know, becoming someone else. But actually, most of the time, we are living our life. And it's, it's about being... It's about being you in that life. That's where the joy is. So it's about really, if you're going to be a star, be a star in your own life, mm -hmm. you know. So I would say that um, it's really important to, to really do the self-development, mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, get to grips with who, who you are and why you do what you, you do and what you love and, and to be really living a life in line with your values mm -hmm. um, and not be living someone else's life either as an actor or as someone who's trying to please other people I think it's so so important you know um, we can feel a bit when we're not in line with our own values we, we can feel a bit fraudulent you know um, I agree yeah absolutely great, yeah it's not great living a double life you know um, mm -hmm. 
And I think one of the reasons why I, I wanted to be an actor was for attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if we're constantly looking for attention, we're really not, um, we're really not being ourselves. We're really not um, trusting and um, loving ourselves. And, and I think loving ourselves is, is one of the most challenging things that we can do, but one of the most important things that we can do, it doesn't matter what profession you're in, if you don't like, you know, who you are, that is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful and very true. But I think you really like who you are and you love who you are. And I think that's why I was so attracted to your energy. I think likewise. (laughs) And so, yeah, I just find you so fascinating. And so tell me a little bit about why, you know, after, obviously I know, you know, you had a daughter and you have a daughter and so you wanted to be closer to home, but tell me a little bit about your attraction towards the hypnosis. And then this journey, like what brought you there? I know you wanted to be closer to home, but you know, why that? Why did you pick that path? What was attractive to that? Like, well, what happened actually when I was pregnant with my daughter? So, I had my daughter on my 40th birthday, so a little bit late in life. But when I was pregnant with her, I was doing a voiceover for a client that I work with a lot. So, I used to do um, the voice of IKEA, and uh, I would I'd be doing that for about five days every single year. And I really loved working with a client. We always had fun, they always loved what I did, mm-hmm. and I'd always look forward to it. But I was pregnant with Katie and at the time I had this experience, which looking back on it was to do with the hormones, but I didn't didn't really kind of put those things together. So what happened was I had this experience, this kind of rush that went over my body. And in that moment, I was rendered completely speechless, which is pretty useless, you know, if you're a if you're an artist, you know. Um, And it probably only lasted a few seconds, but it was so scary that I became concerned that it might happen again. I used to think, you know, oh my God, I hope it doesn't happen again. And then of course it came a self-fulfilling prophecy to the extent that it would, I would bring it on just by thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how powerful my mind was then. And um, in the end, because I thought I might have to stop working because it was, you know, I I was becoming frightened, you know, days before doing voiceover um, you know, it was really kind of affecting every area of my life. I ended up going to see a hypnotherapist and working with this woman. And, um, you know, over, over a few sessions, I stopped having these, these what I labeled panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And, I, and at the end of it, I thought, oh my goodness, if someone could do that for me, what if I could do that for someone else? So I decided to train and become a hypnotherapist. So that's really how it evolved. And, um, and that's when I kind of got to grips with um, the power of the mind. And, um, you know, if we keep telling ourselves that we can and we can't do something, then we'll be absolutely right about that. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. And it's so powerful. So when should someone see a hypnotherapist? I'm so fascinated by this. <laughs> when should someone see, you know, seek that out, that particular type of help? Well, I, I don't know about whether it's a should. I think, you know, there are all sorts of options. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are lots of myths around hypnotherapy. People think that they're going to be made to do something that they don't want to do. And I think a lot of that comes from watching stage hypnosis and people, yeah. you know, doing <laughs> yeah. crazy things on stage. But the point is, it's about suggestions. So what happens is if you're willing to um, follow instructions, which is what hypnotherapist does, they give you 
some instructions. They're talking to your subconscious, obviously, because that's what's running the show. Mm -hmm. And you're willing to take on that suggestion, then you will allow yourself to, um, you know, kind of go down that route. But the point is, you know, you can't be made to do something that you don't want to do. So um, it's a bit of a myth. So people worry that they're going to lose control. But actually, as I said, it's all about following suggestions. You know, you're not going to be robbing a bank unless, of course, you intended to rob a bank anyway. Yes. It's not going to change who you are, you know, and it's not going to change your values. Um, so it, it's something that is, is, you know, it's just, it's just like listening to, um, you know, a meditation. It's, it's just, you know, listening to someone talking and relaxing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, going into trance, is something that we do naturally anyway. We do it, you know, when we, I don't know, Maya, if you've ever driven from A to B and suddenly thought, you know, how did I get to B? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We do it all the time um, because, you know, it's it's really, uh, once we've learned how to drive, our, our body knows and mind knows how to do that. So it just kind of gets in the car and takes us there. But actually that is is, is going into a trance and, and, you know, we do it all the time, you know, you know, it, we're in and out of it all day long. That's what happens. Um, so actually, it's something that is is really um, is, is a really great thing to do. But I think the important thing is, if you're going to go and see a hypnotherapist, is to work with someone that you feel, um, you know, you'd like to work with. Because I think it's about people at the end of the day. There are hypnotherapists and hypnotherapists, as there are life coaches and life coaches, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, not one size fits all um yeah. attracts different people aren't we so yeah you have to be comfortable you have to be really comfortable you know I know that for my business right I mean I attract a certain type of client and I'm cool with that I want them to be comfortable with me with what I do so I understand that completely and I'm sure you're exactly the same way and, and why would this be any different so tell me I, I I'm just so fascinated by that I think it's so cool um Tell me a little bit about your life coaching, what you do, who you help. I know you mentioned EFT a little bit too, but your life coaching, I know, and you do um, network marketing. You just do so much. Tell us a little bit about that, that journey and what you do now. So the people that I was attracting when I started for life coaching and EFT, that's a very simple technique, mm-hmm. um, are people really who mostly had uh, issues around self-confidence and also often eating behavior. And when I was younger, I did have um, a very mild um, form of bulimia. And, um, and so, so really, I think we often attract the kind of people that are dealing with stuff that, that we've probably dealt with in the past. Yes. So that was happening. I mean, very much now I use my um, life coaching skills and my EFT in um, you know training my team and um, you know I do work with individuals but often it's 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 focused in my business so um, you know one of the things about network marketing which is actually a, a growing industry and it's growing because more and more people need flexibility like I needed mm-hmm. something that they can you know add in to what they're already doing to create either more income or to create more time because the way um, the business model works is that you know if you get paid um, an override commission um, on other people's sales as well um, you know you're gonna it's gonna create time for you to do more of what you want to do does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so um so I use it you know in, in that way and um one of the things about the industry is that 
you know, it is not a get rich quick scheme. It, it does involve work, like anything that's worth having, you know, involves work and it is about taking it seriously, but it is a part-time business. But one of the things that people experience is that they, they cannot be relied upon to be a great boss for themselves. Mm-hmm. So most people are, you know, in a, in a, in a job and there's, you know, someone managing them or, you know, there's someone in charge, there's the boss. Um, and they, they're told when they can have their breaks and when they can have their holidays. And, uh, you know, they've got to get the work done. But when you start your own business and you're working for yourself, um, you know, you've got, you've got to be a great boss to yourself. Yes. Because no one's going to tell you what to do. Yes. Yeah. So the thing about the industry is that you absolutely have to do the personal development every single day. Mm-hmm. Because what takes people out of the industry is what goes on between their two ears. Mm-hmm. I love so that. It's limit, yeah, it's their limiting beliefs. Can they, um, is it okay for them to be successful? Is it okay for people to say no? Um, what will people think? You know, it's it's not, although it's a growing industry, it's, it's still people think about work and they think about the nine to five or um, the corporate role. You know, they don't right. think necessarily about the business model um you know that that network marketing is and it's really a very fair system and um you know it's a really great way of working because you can work any time of the day or night from anywhere in the world yeah this is why I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up and kind of demystifying some of this because you know there's a lot of people out there that love it there's a lot of people out there that are indifferent to it and there's a lot of people out there that absolutely hate it and trash it. Right. So, uh, and I, I love how you're demystifying some of this because the reality is a lot of people are unsuccessful in this because they do not treat it like a business to your point. And they don't understand that, you know, you can't just throw up a a lipstick or throw up a, you know, you washing your face online and sell a million dollars worth of product. That's not how it works. I mean, I always joke, I'm like, unless you're like Oprah, she can do anything and sell a million (laughs) things, right? It's not going to work. But, you know, even her, she had to start somewhere, right? And and build her platform. So, um, you know, you have to treat it like a business. And to your point, People are so used to having a job and having a boss and having a structure. But if you dig deep and think, you know, that was put in place by someone, someone put that in place. So why can't you put a structure in place for yourself? You know, that's, that's my journey. And that's my story. You know, I've been working from home before, before COVID, before all this happened for over 10 years, I think it's my 11th or 12th year now working from home. So I understood that structure because there was nobody saying, okay, Maya, you got to be in the office at eight o'clock. You know, you got to do like, I, they didn't know if I was doing that or not. Right. I had to have that self-discipline, which is why it was quite easy for me to launch my own business. Um, I was already disciplined in that way. So I do find exactly what you're saying to, to be true. I think that's the the difficult part of that. So how were you able to do that and build that structure for yourself? I think, you know, when I first started, I was a terrible boss. And, you know, <laughs> I love your honesty, Julie. I love it. I love it. How were you, you a terrible boss? How were you well, a terrible because boss? I wasn't taking it seriously. Like when you're at home, you know, like, you know, the, 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 there's the washing machine and there's the, you know, you can have another, you know, hot drink. Um, there are so many distractions and 
I think, you know, it, and because I, I've always seen myself as in inverted commas, a creative, you know, I didn't actually think that I could be a businesswoman, you know, who am I to be a businesswoman? I don't know anything about it. Um, and so I didn't take myself seriously. So it's so also a lot about self-worth in there as well. Um, and, and then after a few years, I just kind of woke up and I just, you know, realized that I was just being, just rebelling against myself. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of suddenly, just said to myself you know what are you doing you know no one's going to come and save you this is it you know either you you know the sometimes building a business means doing some things that you might not want to do yep okay so what you're wanting something that currently you don't have so you know what choices have you got here so I kind of knuckled down and and also I think it's really really important no matter what you do that you have do it with a sense of joy I mean, I think that one of the reasons that maybe network marketing industry has got a bad name is because of the way people have approached people. Yes. You know, I think for me, I'm very unattached. So, you know, I think that what I have is great. I don't really talk to people about products. Um, I, I talk to people about their life and what they want for their life. Because for me, initially, I wasn't interested in products. But of course, I, you know, share, use makeup, take nutrition every day. And I was doing that. And I won't you know, I will always be doing that. But I was interested in a vehicle. I wanted to carry on acting, carry on seeing clients, carry on living the life I was living, but with more money, Mm -hmm. you know, so, and also something that's going to create a pension for me. And also it's important for me to really make an impact in the world and give back. So, you know, to make a real impact, it's good to have some money. So I wanted to pay things forward. So in the end, I just thought, you know what, a there isn't anything else for you you know so get on with it and and having a sense of joy and not being attached to whether someone said yes or no or not right now um has made an enormous difference and I think if you are naturally curious about people which I am Mm -hmm. then I can just have really great conversations with people and whether or not you know what I have is a fit for them or not it really doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because I will you know, I've had the, the privilege of, of being in their world and understanding, you know, a little bit about them. And, um, and that makes my life all the richer, regardless of the outcome. I love that. Yes, because I, I do think it also gets a bad rap, so to speak, because people don't know, again, they're coming from jobs or past experiences where they don't know how to just connect with individuals, right? It's very, they may come from a very transactional background. They might not come from a sales background, you know, and I feel like we're demystifying sales a little bit, but I come from a very extensive sales background and the key to sales is exactly what you just said. So we're, we're dropping some, you know, really, really just key nuggets of knowledge right now, Julie, (laughs) because the key to sales is not actually talking about your products. It's not talking about any of that. That comes when people like you, they buy from you. When people feel heard and understood, they buy from you. They're not going to leave you. Right. I mean, I always tell like my people, I'm the most loyal person in the world. I've been seeing the same hairdresser um, since 2007. I don't go to anybody else. Um, (laughs) you know, I've seen the same nail person for, oh my God, I don't know how long. I mean, I am so loyal, but it's because they know me. Right. And they're very, um, you know, I mean, again, same thing with my clothes. I go to the same, like three or four places. Like, I mean, I am so 
loyal, but it's about the relationship. And to your point, they've stepped into my world. And whenever I go to see them, they remember me and they can talk to me on a very intimate level. Right. So there's something to that. And, you know, when people are first getting into sales, I don't know that they understand that. And I love that you do. And that's why, you know, I think you're, you're doing great. And that's, that's amazing. So I think you've already given some great advice, but what advice would you give uh, women going into network marketing? Because it's happened. I mean, hundreds and thousands are going into it every single day, especially these, you know, amazing moms, you know, your story is similar, but with COVID, you know, so many are looking for income, being at home, teaching their kids from home, all this, what advice would you give them as that? Cause there's so many different ones to pick from, right? So, so yeah, there are thousands of them. So I think firstly, you know, is about picking one that aligns with your values. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, what's, what's the history of the company? Are they doing something different? What are they doing? That's, you know, what's unique about them? How many countries are they in? If they're already in massive countries, it's not going to be as great as, you know, than being in less countries, mm-hmm. possibly. You know, Arbonne, the company I'm with, they're in 40, they've been going for 42 years. They're only in six countries. So we've got masses of room for expansion. Yeah. A lot of people think, oh, you know, this is this new company and they're just setting up and they're just going to hit the UK or the States or whatever. And they think that a new company is a really good thing. No, you want a company that's got a tried and tested, um, you know, they've been in, they've got a history, you know, mm-hmm. and also, you want to know, you know, want to know that the training is great. You also want to really like the person that is going to be training you. So your your sponsor or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I think you know, it the culture actually is everything. You know, and that's what I love about the company that I'm with. It's about you know our values. You know, we're we're actually a B corporation, and that to me is really exciting because for those people that don't know, that means that we balance people and planet with profit. And uh, it takes, you have to go through huge hoops to be a B Corp. And, and that aligns with my, um, my values about the planet and leaving a flourishing planet. So, so I think the questions to ask are where, what countries is the company in? You know, what is it they do that's different? Do you like the people that you're surrounded by? Are they your tribe? Um, what's the compensation plan like? Um, yeah, it's questions like that, really. You know, what's the? Do you, do you get a good vibe when you're when you're with them? You know, you want someone who's gonna hold your hand and really, you know, see the journey through with you. But you know what? You have to. It's you that has to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think attitude coming in with a great attitude, knowing that, you know, really, it's 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 your business. Yeah, and you'll be by yourself, but it is your business. So you're gonna have to be responsible for the good, the bad, you know, and maybe a bit of the ugly as well. Yeah. I think that's excellent advice because I see so many people just sign up to sign up with certain companies. And, you know, I'm like raising my hand over here because I've done it, you know, and I, um, I did it with, you know, an exercise company and, you know, I'm like, that's not really aligned with who I am. You know, I, I was at fresh out of a car accident and I really wanted to get back in shape. And it literally threw me back, back into more intensive. Um, I was still in physical therapy, still am, but it threw me into even more intensive physical therapy. So was I really aligned with what I needed to be doing with my life at that time? No. So that wasn't the right choice for me. So I learned that the hard way. And so I think this advice is just 
is just absolutely gold. And yeah, your company sounds absolutely amazing, Julie. So thank you for sharing that. I hope that helps some of the ladies that listen, because again, network marketing is so popular and I think it can really change your life if you take it seriously. Thank you. Yeah. So, so Julie, why don't you tell um, our listeners how they can connect with you if they want to work with you? Tell us a little bit about about how to get in touch with you. And of course, I'll add it in the show notes, too. Yeah. Um, I'm on Insta as Julie Kim Mann, M-A-N-N. I'm on uh, Facebook as Julie Mann. I think if you're posting the links, that's great. I've set up a link tree, actually, um, quite recently, and I'm going to send that to Maya. But at the bottom of the link... Um, there's a there's a free download, an MP3 download for a, it's a stress buster basically. It's a little meditation, a tiny meditation, which is really great, particularly if you're busy. It's only a few minutes, and you can just play it whenever you need to, just to kind of um, you know just switch off for a couple of minutes. So um, please do uh, take advantage of that. Um, I think if you're posting the links, that's probably got it all covered. That totally does. And I'm going to check that out today. I love a good meditation. I mindset is everything. And you know, what's so funny, Julia is every single woman I interview talks about mindset. Every single woman. It shapes everything, doesn't it, Maya? It absolutely does. It's not by chance that every single fabulous woman that I have on this show talks about mindset. So interesting but I will check out that meditation. I will include all these links for the listeners. Thank you so much for joining me today, Julie. It's been so amazing. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being on here. Thank you, Maya. Thank you. And thank you guys so much for listening to Women for Women Wednesday on My Opinion. We'll see you back here next week.